Blog Talk Radio. try and get through the world of pro wrestling and dissect what's going on. Lots of things going on out there. And of course, we're going to get you ready for Monday Night Raw tonight. So lots of stuff to get into. You can check us out on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Again, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Head on over there. Check us out. Like the page. You know, we're, we're, we're our next plateau. We got to get we got to get the 500 likes. So tell your friends. Go like the page. we got a show chat going on right now. We'll have a raw chat on the page a little later on. Check out us on Facebook. You can also check us out on Twitter. Follow us on the Twitter. At The Ken Reedy Show is our handle on Twitter. And our website, thekenreedyshow.com. You can listen to the show through the website there. Uh, we got some pictures. we got some blogs. We have some... Uh, hopefully, we got some good news coming down the pike in a little bit. Well, that'll be a teaser as far as uh, you know our blogging situation. Uh, we, we may we may have some exciting news coming down the pike, but we'll let you know when that's a definite. But be sure to head over to that page because we got lots of past blogs. We got some fan photos over there. We got photos of us. So check out thekenreedyshow.com. And as we embark on this journey that we've begun. With the 1640 PWPR, that is a pro wrestling podcast, uh, wait, pro, pro, PWPR, and C, that's a network on iTunes where we have a bunch of wrestling podcasts together, so you can subscribe on iTunes, it's like a one-stop shopping, it's really cool, and uh, you can subscribe to all of us at the same time, and you got a, a veritable smorgasbord of delicacies in the world of pro wrestling podcasts. So uh, check out PWPR again. It's 1640 PWPR is is the network. Check it out on iTunes. Subscribe. And you can subscribe for free. So you definitely want to get on there. I mean, our show is on the network as well as great shows like the King Firehawk, who gets the lion's share of thanks for putting this whole thing together. Blading for Truth, Top Rope Report, New Surge, just to name a few, just to put some of those shows over 
if you will. So head on over to iTunes and check out 1640 PWPR. And a major, major thank you to everybody out there that continues to support this show. And you guys bring the calls, and you guys have been awesome supporting the show for, I mean, we've been doing this for many, 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 many years now. We, last check, when the numbers came out last week, we were the top show, the top show on 1640 PWPR. So all you guys that continue to support the show, download the show, call us, listen, everything you've been doing, we humbly thank you. Thank you for making us numero uno. And we would never, ever even sniff the top spot if it wasn't for my tag team partner, who is on the line from Connecticut. Let's bring him on. Dave, how are you doing this fine, fine evening? Oh, now I'm humbled that you said that. I truly am. That's that's very, you know, I, I appreciate that very much that you that you, you, you gave me some credit for, for the, the success of this show, and obviously you as well. So thank you very much. I'm As of right now, currently at this moment, at 6.35 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday evening, June 29, 2015, right here in glorious Connecticut. Currently, my status, I'm humbled. Thank you. <laughs> so let's get into it. we got, like, so many things. To talk about. It's Actually, it's been cool, Dave. Like, usually we don't have this, but uh, we actually got to see each other uh, for a few hours between shows. And, and ironically enough, it had nothing to do with wrestling, which may have been one of the yeah. – the, the only times, but we actually we actually went to see Dennis DeYoung out in Connecticut, and uh, as we digress a little bit from the pro wrestling, but it was it was great seeing you. And uh, God, sixty eight years old, Dennis DeYoung, he, he brought it. It was cool, man. I'm glad you guys came up, and uh, you know, Nikki and I were glad to see you, my fiance, of course. Um, and uh, you know, I've never. I mean, I, I, I I'm a few years younger than you, so I've heard of Sticks. I've heard some Sticks songs. I thought they were pretty cool. I didn't grow up listening to them, but you know, after you telling me he was 68 years old, and I mean, he performed like if I closed my eyes, I thought I'd be listening to the radio. Like that's how awesome it was. And there were even some songs that he played that I was like, wait, wait, wait that was a stick song? Yeah. Oh my god! Like wow! Like it was great. Like I honestly, I had a great time. I've been to a lot of concerts over the years, and that was probably like one of the most fun in terms of like the overall music that I enjoyed. Like honestly, it really truly was. I had a great time. Definitely a good time. It was funny, man, because I, like, I, I didn't, I mean, I guess I grew up with Sticks, but I really got into Sticks when I got, remember way back when, when they would do the CD clubs, um, and I, I got Sticks' Greatest Hits by accident. Oh, if you bought, like, you bought, like, 18 CDs for, like, a penny. Exactly, for, like, for a penny, and then you... Yeah, I remember those. That, oh, that, that got me into Sticks. So, go figure. But we digress. Yeah. We don't want to get off topic. We don't want to ramble on and on about nothing, you know. We're focused... There's a wrestling show. Let's talk some wrestling. And uh, one of the things that, you know, interesting, you know, stuff coming out with the WWE and, and you know, the whole wrestling world. But interesting, like, some new programming um, coming out of the world of, of, of WWE. And, and to be honest with you, Dave, uh, and I'm curious, like, your thoughts on it. But I, I thought two shows last week, and I thought it was, again, going by one episode so shows can – improve or they can get worse or whatever but i thought they were they hit a home run with one and the other one was a dud and and surprisingly enough i thought tough enough was kind of a dud wasn't crazy about it at all especially like with my image of the stone cold version of tough enough which i loved um didn't like tough enough 
loved Swerved. I thought Swerved was hilarious. I am looking forward to uh, more practical jokes. I, I thought that show was great, uh, lighthearted. Uh, you know, seeing the superstars uh, caught off guard was just a, a lot of fun. So for me, Dave, the, the two new shows from last week, one on the network, one on USA, um, I thought that there was one clear hit and one clear miss. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I enjoyed Swerve. The only thing I didn't enjoy about that show was the Renee Young segments in the kitchen. But other than that, like the, 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 the chair that shocked you when you sat down on it or the, the poo microphone, like I thought that stuff was pretty funny. What's cool about those shows like that, like you, know, you see a different side of the talent that you hadn't seen before, which could be a blessing in disguise for the talent if it's a particular talent that isn't seen on WWE te- uh, television much or even involved in many storylines. Shows like that could potentially usher them into being more part of the main roster and more part of main WWE storylines and television. Like they might, you know, fans might've watched that show on the network and they might've felt more sympathetic towards Zack Ryder because he got shocked in the shock chair like three or four times. And maybe there'll be more of a, um, a push to see Zack Ryder on TV. I mean, just hypothetically speaking, of course, tough enough. It was, I didn't like. I didn't really care for it at all. It was too much like American Idol. They just they they turned it into American Idol to me. It was in a studio. There's a live studio. And there was like too many cooks in the kitchen. You had Jericho and Renee Young as the host, but Renee Young just opened the show, and then Jericho emceed the rest of it. Then you had three judges in the studio, and you had three uh, you know coaches in the in the pre tapes at the performance center, and then you had an after show with the Miz. Like, how many people do you need running this thing? It's like it was too much. Like. Ryan Seacrest on American Idol could do four jobs all by himself, but they need like eight, nine people to do this whole Tough Enough show. I just didn't care for the whole, uh, you know, studio aspect of it. And the only thing that I did like that they kind of switched up a little bit was they took the talents. In previous Tough Enoughs, the Tough Enough talents have like stayed in the mansion. They've been spoiled, you know. And then and then you see like the the, the, the kids they go out and they get drunk or they get drunk in this big mansion. They make fools out of themselves. And that was, you know, how they really developed a good reality television show from Tough Enough. This time, they got them sleeping in bunk beds and cots inside, like, a, a spare room in the performance center that they've turned into, like, a makeshift living place. I thought that was pretty cool, kind of humbling the kids, so to speak. But the rest of the show, I just didn't like the whole, uh, you know, like, studio live format. You know, like I said, it just so reminded me of watching American Idol. And Jericho... He's, he's usually a good host. He's a good talker, good ambassador for the company. I just felt like he was kind of a robot. He wasn't really Chris Jericho. He was just, he was like Ryan Seacrest on steroids to me. Yeah, they, they didn't give Jericho enough to do. I mean, 100%. I mean, what you're saying with, with too many cooks in the kitchen is a great, you know, way of looking at it. It's a great metaphor. Um, it, it's, it was like, I don't know, it's weird with the WWE sometimes. You know, when, when I look at like some of their programming, and, like, you know, you, you look at the Diva show, and it's, you know, quote, scripted reality. And one of my problems with that was, you know, the fact that I would like to see, like, more reality reality. I, I think it's got to be a very interesting story to realistically see what females in a male-dominated industry, what they go through on a night-in and night-out basis. I, I, I didn't need to see, like, the scripted, typical reality show BS in, in in Total Divas, and that's what they gave us. And it's weird because I like I I look at the wrestling business and the industry and the behind the scenes stuff and all that stuff. 
as so incredibly unique. It's such an interesting business. It's a fascinating business. It's so unlike any other industry. And and I think it's weird that sometimes it's almost like they they're, they're trying to to dumb it down or, or or make it more appealing. I don't know what they're trying to do, but where I I think the just giving us the the actual story is going to be more interesting than adding all these bells and whistles and tough enough to just see a bunch of kids going through wrestling drills, uh, being away from home, uh, you know, and trying to gain access to, to the WWE, to the biggest wrestling company on the planet, was enough for me. That's enough for me to see. And, and one guy get eliminated, like, each and every week. That I, that's, that's all I need. And, and to have, like, you know, Booker T is one of the trainers, and then you got Jericho, like you said, naming all the names. I mean... And it's amazing because for me, and we've talked about it, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'm the biggest Hogan mark on the planet. Hogan could get on TV, take a dump in the middle of the ring, and I will sign up to watch it. And he, hold, he held no interest, no interest for me. And, and if you're going to rip off American Idol, I mean, maybe you should have done it five, six, seven years ago. I mean, if you, if you haven't heard, Idol's been canceled. Uh, that that format has run its course. It, it's passe. So to to go and, and decide, hey, we're going to kind of American idolize tough enough. It, it just it made no sense to me. I I, I found myself bored with it. Um, now the other thing also, as of yet, and that might come with time. I I, I didn't find myself becoming engaged with any of the the competitors. Um, now that's something you got to give the show a chance to develop and and give a you know, their personalities a chance, but, um, the studio stuff, it just was, it was lame. It was, uh, you know, and the, the dude that got eliminated, like, I'm, I'm the hammer. I'm not the nail, you know, then shut up. Just, just go, just go. Um, but you know, it's funny what you said with swerve because it'll be interesting to see how this show develops and how, um, you know, how it portrays certain stars. I agree with you. But I think it goes both ways. I, I you know, when you play jokes too. like this on people, you really see the 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 real person, the 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 real yeah. true stripping away of of all the the character and the pretenses, and and you get to see a lot of times uh, someone's real real personality, and. Uh, yeah, Zack Ryder was hilarious. I, I, you know, he was funny. He seemed like a good guy. He was a good sport. Um, Ziggler, uh, another guy that I thought he worked well as like the, the host of that segment. Um, I, I thought he was he he was very engaging. He was a guy that, uh, you know, as we'll, we'll see, you know, going forward with his career, but a, a guy that, uh, you know, I could see being an ambassador. Where I never really saw Ziggler as that type. But watching him on Swerve, I was like, well, he, I could see him doing, you know, being maybe the, 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 the guy for, for a chunk of time. I could see him doing the talk show circuit. I could see him uh, in that sort of role. So I think it was, it was good for a guy like Ziggler, too. Um, but then there was guys like Darren Young that, to me, oh, God, did he come across as such an asshole? I mean, there was no, I, I mean he just seemed like he didn't have a sense of humor. He was not uh, impressed with the joke. Uh, he just, and then he, he's tweeting afterwards uh, that he's he's all pissy that his boyfriend's face was was blurred out. Where I, I mean, there 
anyone who wasn't like in the in the main shot, like in the background. I mean, faces were blurred out all over that show, and I'm sure it's it's legal or something to do with legalities or uh, whatever it is. Um, but it, you know, I, I don't think it was any shot at Darren Young, but it was just kind of, you know, you're right, Dave. Where certain people, I think, you're going to see, uh, you know, the crowd and fans and audiences maybe liking someone a little bit more because of how good-natured and fun they were on Swerve. But at the same time, I could perhaps start to see, you know, fans maybe not like certain people depending on if, if they're uh, kind of heated with their reactions. You know what I mean? It's very possible. I mean, um, as far as the Darren Young situation goes, uh, you know, um, there were, yeah, like like you said, there were a few faces that were, you know, blurred out from the, uh, from the, uh, you know, that po- that portion of the show. I mean, the, the, the Usos kids weren't blurred out. Um, I know Titus O'Neil's kids were blurred out of the picture, but, um, at one point when there was a shot of him, but I think that's due to like, they didn't get permission and you need to have permission in order to do film somebody. And if you don't, then they can get sued. So I'm just, I'm sure, like you said, it was a legality issue. Um, but yeah, it, it, we could see, you know, somebody take a practical joke the wrong way and their character on WWE storylines on their main television storylines of Raw and SmackDown those characters could change based on the audience's reaction to their reaction of the practical joke, especially if it's negative. So it's got a good and bad, uh, you know, connotation, not connotation, a good and bad scenario that could go either way for the talent. So, but I'm looking forward to it because I kind of like those shows. I mean, I was always a big fan of, you know, punk on MTV and, uh, you know, it's, it seems like that, uh, you know, that, that they got a good thing with this show. The one thing I I, I will be critical of as far as shows on the network go is that they don't have a consistency in terms of a time slot sometimes. And sometimes too, they'll say that the show's going to go on at like 8 PM on a Tuesday night, but you might find that that episode they'll air it at like four or three o'clock in the afternoon. So there really isn't a whole lot of consistency and a format as far as timing of the show. And even, like, they don't even tell you if, like, a, uh, like a, a show's series has ended. Like, uh, for instance, what was it? Um, or just for argument's sake, that, 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 that Jerry Springer show. They announced it a few weeks ago, or it was going to be on. And it had been airing, like, every week. They think they did, like, four or five episodes. And then they just stopped showing them. They don't say, like, all right, well, tune in next season, or that's been it kind of thing. So, it's... I know the network's in its infancy still. It's a little over a year, but sometimes I get a little frustrated. It's like, well, I was expecting to watch something on the network, and it doesn't. it's not there anymore. So hopefully that with this Swerve show, if it catches on and it's a real hit for them, that they'll continue, that they'll continue to pump out more of, these, more of these shows. And that's what I think, too, at the same time with some of the shows that I mentioned earlier, that they're just testing these out to see if that they get any kind of traction on the network. And if they do, they'll continue to produce them. If they don't, then they just kind of just throw it off to the wayside. Yeah, and it's funny, though, like it's coming out of this now, and it's been it's intriguing to see how the WWE is really I, – I mean, it's funny, but it, it's almost like, you know, Vince McMahon really um, – you know, I mean, just an amazing story. Uh, but it, it's like he doesn't really look at himself – 
You know, it's almost like when Vince McMahon looks in the mirror, he doesn't see a wrestling promoter. He sees Walt Disney. You know, he's, he's you know, slowly but surely with the, with coming from a wrestling company, quote unquote, uh, you know, this is, you know, so many different entertainment uh, venues and so many different genres of shows that, uh, you know, it's it's really, you know, to call the WWE a, a wrestling company is, is uh you know, almost not right the way they're just expanding. You know, into everything. Um, and uh, but it's 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 intriguing because when you do that, when you start to expand and you start to try different things and you you experiment, you know, you do wind up being in a place where certain things are just going to work and certain things just don't. And uh, you know, for me, like I just think that they really overthought uh, tough enough, and they just you know, it's on USA. Let's throw as as many uh, names and stars in that at, at at the same time, and uh, you know, it's you know, people will watch it because of all the names tied to it, and it's you know, it's funny, Dave, because we're you know, we're wrestling fans, we do this show, um, but admittedly, and in full disclosure, you know, we, we have lives, um, you know, we 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 go to see Dennis DeYoung sometimes, um, you know, we we do different things, and there's only. There's only so many hours over the course of a given week um, that you can dedicate to, like, a hobby, essentially. And, and as of right now, we, we probably dedicate way too many hours in our lives to, to professional wrestling. Um, and there's, sometimes there's just stuff you, you, you wind up missing. Um, you, you have stuff to do, uh, you know. And it's interesting because a lot of times with all this new programming, with the WWE Network, with uh, – you know, now with ROH on TV, everything's going on with TNA and, and Global Force. We're going to get into that stuff a little later on. Um, but but there's so much out there to watch. Swerved comes on. Absolutely loved Swerved. You know, it's it's something that when, when I watch Tough Enough and I start to think, all right, you know, th- there are certain things that might fall off the table. i got to be honest, Dave, in, unless they, they, they tweak it enough, um, Tough Enough might be one of those shows for me that, you know, I, I, I might just have to say, you know what, I'm, I'm cool not watching this. I, I can, like, I'll, I'll dedicate that hour to something else in my life. Um, but it really just, and again, I, I can't stress enough how much I loved, loved Stone Cold and, and that version of Tough Enough. I, I, I To me, that was Perfect, and, and I agree with you, Dave. If they just took the mansion and made them sleep in cots in a warehouse somewhere, then, then that show would have been absolutely perfect. But Stone Cold was a perfect host. Being a host and a trainer worked for me. Um, you know, his personality, and he got to be Stone Cold, whereas, like you said, in this incarnation, you got Jericho, one of the greatest talkers ever, that seems to be kind of slotted in a role where, you know, you're you're just kind of a puppet. You know, you, I mean, the way Jericho hosted, it was like you get a monkey to do that job. I mean, he, he wasn't yeah. Jericho wasn't being Jericho, and and it just uh, I don't know, it just it, it really it, I, I was surprised at how much I didn't like it, and uh, I, I'm curious uh, other wrestling fans, but I, being perfectly honest, Dave, that might wind up uh, you know getting the kibosh as far as my weekly schedule. Well, I wouldn't blame you, and I wouldn't blame fans for feeling that way too but here's another reason why some people might be turned off to tough enough the tough enough format hasn't exactly equated to successful stars in wwe not a lot i mean you could say argument sake miz is probably the biggest star coming out of tough enough because 
He won the WWE Championship, which is, you know, of course, regarded in Ken Reedy Show history as the worst reign in, in, in <laughs> WWE Championship history. But, you know, which is agreed all across the board uh, amongst us here at the Ken Reedy Show. But if you think about it, who, I mean, they yeah, they've had some winners, and some of them have done some okay stuff on TV, but you really haven't had, like, a bona fide star that's been, like, a main event guy that eventually, you know, crosses over, like, from main event to, like, mainstream. You know what I mean? Like, you get a guy from Tough Enough, they've won. They get a contract, they're on the roster, they have a slot in the show. But they don't let, I mean, Maven, he didn't, he lasted a few years, like three, three, four years at best, maybe. Okay, and now where is he? I don't know where he is. You know what I mean? The one that just won, the last one that won Tough Enough. The, the 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 redneck that didn't drink that was you know really straight laced that was really committed 100 the one that Stone Cold made cry in the middle of the ring first of all you make a guy cry you shouldn't be picking him to win if he's going to be a professional wrestler plain and simple he made the guy cry and what happens he gets a job with WWE he didn't even make it to the main roster he didn't even make it on TV you know Morrison Miz and Ryback are three guys from Tough Enough that have had the most success in WWE. So I think a lot of fans, and me personally, are kind of on the fence with Tough Enough just on the fact that whoever wins this thing, it's almost a curse in some ways because you really don't you really don't amount to much after the show ends. You may get a spot on the main roster, but it's it's sinker it's it literally is sink or swim. You, and to me, what's the point of doing the show if you're not going to produce somebody? To, to actually have a long-term future with, as opposed to the short-term game of just winning a contest. Yeah, really. I mean, it's an excellent point. I mean, it, it's it's almost like the contract is is kind of uh, you know just a gesture almost, and it really just doesn't amount to to much at all. And and you're right. You know, um, at some point, like with this show, to really resonate, um, you, you're, you're going to have to have someone. Succeed. It just it's just showing you that that format to produce a star is is flawed. It's a flawed format and it doesn't produce stars. And uh, FYI, for all of you guys, but well, go ahead. Sorry. Here's the other problem. Sorry to interrupt. Here's the other problem too. Most of these guys aren't even like wrestlers. You know, some of them are. You know, there's that one kid, Patrick. He's like 100 percent passion into it. Like, if you want to pick a guy that could potentially be a star, not just by a look, by having the actual skill. Most of these guys just use it to get on the TV and to move on to other things. You know, we had a tough enough winner, like, over 10 years ago, the Daniel Pewter kid, the one that Miz was the runner-up to. He wanted to be an MMA. This was just a way to get him out there on the television, you know? If, if, if they would stop being so narrow-minded and pick, people who actually want to be in the business and want to do that for a living as opposed to trying to pick somebody based on their look, then they might have a higher success rate when it comes to the winners and their futures in the company. Yeah, you're, that's an excellent point. I mean, yeah, just like we keep talking about how rich the independent scene is. I mean, why don't you just run out there and, uh, I don't know, grab a couple of the, the high-end promotions and, and, you know, grab some champions from uh, – some of the independents and put all those guys on, on a tough enough show. I mean, that maybe that'll produce a star and uh, make for more interesting television. Uh, just you guys out there, I know you're all like really wondering, uh, uh, and not to leave you in suspense, but according to Wikipedia, uh, as of 2013, I guess that's his last known whereabouts, uh, 
Maven was working as a bouncer in New York City at uh, 1015 Midtown. So uh, that's as of 2013, so we're talking two years ago. Uh, maybe he's still there. Go down to 1015 Midtown and see if uh, Maven is still uh, bouncing. But officially, according to his Wikipedia, he actually retired. He wrestled his last match in 07. So, uh, yeah, tough enough not really producing many stars. 347-838-9815, that is the number to call. We are going to get to your calls in just a bit. we got a lot more to get into on the other side of the break. But without further ado, it is time now for the Day 5 50 News Report. Before we get to the other side, you heard the man. This is the Day 5 50 News Report right here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour on the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk, which, by the way, thanks to all of you, is the number one listened show in the 1640 PWPR network this month. So thank you very much. And you can subscribe to 1640 PWPR right now for free on iTunes to hear this podcast as well as countless other great wrestling podcasts like the King Firehawk Show, Blading for Truth, New Surge Live, The Top Rope Report, and so many others. Head on over now. But before you do that, here's this week's news. Our first story, it's been a big week for TNA Wrestling. And for the better, hopefully, as we all saw on Impact last week, that Jeff Jarrett, the former founder of TNA and current founder of Upstart Global Force Wrestling, returned to the company in what is being described as a working relationship. Now, bear with me as many facts or non-facts, if you will, have surfaced regarding this huge story. First off, Last week it was speculated by several media outlets that Jarrett was closing in on a television deal for Global Force Wrestling after a number of tweets surfaced from Jarrett's official Twitter account. Then later in the day, speculation grew as sources reported that Jarrett could be purchasing majority ownership back from the Carter family, and the announcement would take place on that evening's impact. As we all witnessed, Jarrett, unannounced, returned to TNA television, announcing his involvement in the upcoming Slammiversary pay-per-view, which aired last night. Jarrett did indicate that over time we would all hear about why he's returning to TNA and what that means for Global Force Wrestling and TNA moving forward. As the week moved on, speculation continued. Would Jarrett be buying TNA back? Is this a talent swap? How does GFW fit into all of this? From what I'm hearing and reading, this is indeed a talent swap. Both sides are working together moving forward. Virtually all of the talent were in the dark about this relationship between TNA and Global Force Wrestling. Talent from TNA seemed upset that this was kept a secret until showtime and allegedly felt that some kind of invasion angle is being planned to help Global Force Wrestling's television taping get off the ground. With the recent releases of Magnus, Austin Aries, Loki, and James Storm, speculation has gone even further into thinking that this is indeed an invasion angle. It's expected that TNA Talent will work the July 24th live television taping from Las Vegas, Nevada for Global Force Wrestling as a part of this talent swap. As far as TNA's future goes on TV, some speculated that Slammiversary last night was their final pay-per-view event ever. While others say that TNA management plans to meet with Destination America officials this week to discuss their future in New York City. It should be noted that Destination America officials helped produce TV at this week's Impact Wrestling tapings, which should be a sign indicating how invested they are in a company that is allegedly rumored to have their television show getting canceled. 
talent is of the notion that without formally being told by Destination America they are being canceled, that it's business as usual between TNA and Destination America. Now, here comes the bad news for TNA in my second story this week. As I mentioned in my first story of the recent releases of a number of talents, it's being reported by multiple media outlets that both Magnus and James Storm asked management for releases and were granted them. TNA officials understood the talent's reasons why, as both individuals need more work to provide for their families. And if the company is not planning on running live events and doing just television shows, then the talents don't make a whole lot financially. Less dates equals less money, and TNA knows that, which is why we will see more releases in the coming weeks and months. But what does that mean for TNA talent? Well, the company hopes to still use those released talents, but not keep them under guaranteed contracts, but rather paying them a per diem. It seems this strategy is a part of the new business model with, with TNA in regard to talent contracts. The company doesn't have the revenue it once had anymore to afford guaranteed deals, with the exception of Kurt Angle and the Hardy Boys, possibly. So going forward, the company hopes to still work with the released talent if they are available to work the date TNA Films Television. If not, then that's obviously due to the talent already being booked elsewhere. But that's also the risk that TNA runs. Not being able to guarantee consistent work for the talents and using talents that can't always guarantee they can work the tapings. Something that could definitely hurt the storylines and the overall product itself with the infrequent appearance by the talent. Time will tell us as to how all this plays out for TNA going forward, the good and the bad. Kurt Angle, current TNA World Heavyweight Champion, announced at the Impact tapings this week that he has a tumor in his neck and will undergo surgery to have it removed. Angle is expected to go under the knife sometime this week, possibly next week, and from what sources are saying, the prognosis is not as bad as it seems. The surgery is said to be small and recovery recovery time could take up to a month. Some within TNA expect Angle to return to action in late July if all goes well. And last week, we discussed it right here on the Ken Reedy Show about the future of one Dolph Ziggler in WWE. Stories came out via PWInsider.com last week that Ziggy and WWE agreed to a new deal several weeks ago. Ziggler even confirmed this news in an interview with the Boston Herald last week while promoting this past Saturday's live event at the TV Gardens. Now it's being reported that Ziggler has not re-signed a deal with WWE, as he confirmed it himself this afternoon on a local Washington, D.C. radio show called Chad Dukes vs. The World, 106.7 The Fan. Ziggler stated that the company went to him to change some particulars to the deal. He counteroffered back to them. They are close to an agreement, but still not signed waiting to finalize some things. Ziggler was adamant that he wants to stay with WWE and can't see himself anywhere else, but he also wants the time to do more of his stand-up comedy, along with television roles he's mentioned about being approached with. He hopes that by being allowed by WWE to do outside projects, such as acting and comedy, that it helps promote WWE as a company, promotes him as a bigger star, which in turn makes him a huge asset to WWE going forward. So as of now, we are back to referring to Dolph Ziggler as a potential former WWE superstar until he tells us himself that he's resigned a new contract. And our final story this week, allegedly WWE chairman Vince McMahon held a meeting with officials and creatives to discuss plans for next year's WrestleMania 32 card. Expectations are from the chairman that this card 
has to sell out AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. McMahon also wants the WrestleMania 32 main events to be finalized by SummerSlam in August with the creative team. Allegedly, the vibe McMahon is sending to creative is that this card is a fantasy card for WrestleMania, so he doesn't want his main event talents getting lost in the shuffle on TV. He wants them showcased very well on television going forward and obviously closer to WrestleMania. He set a sense of urgency within the writing team to make this all happen. Some of the ideas he's brought forth, for one, he still wants to do Sting versus The Undertaker in a singles match. With having The Undertaker getting inducted into the Hall of Fame class of 2016 the night before. Now there's no word on if Sting will get inducted too into that same Hall of Fame class. And there's no word on this on if this will be Taker's last match as it's been speculated that it could be. Another idea thrown out there is Triple H versus The Rock. But apparently... McMahon is sold on the idea of The Rock versus Brock Lesnar for the event. And the final idea that has been discussed with McMahon and Creative is the surprisingly possibility of seeing Hulk Hogan in a singles match with John Cena. Cena apparently is not against the idea and is very open to doing the match. Regardless of whatever you hear and will continue to hear in regards to the rumored cards for this event, whether these particular matches occur or not, or if any future rumored matches occur or not, as fans, we should all know that WWE is attempting to pull out all the stops to definitively make next year's WrestleMania 32 event the greatest of all time, and not just a cliche that gets used every year. And there you have it. Uh, all out of breath, but if that's what it takes to keep you informed, then that's what I'll do. As you just tuned into another edition of the Day 5 50 News Report, heard every Monday night right here on the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Brought to you in part by 1640 PWPR, the one-stop shop for pro wrestling talk. Check us out on the iTunes. Just subscribe for free, and you can find out why we, the Ken Reedy Show, were the number one listened podcast on the 1640 Network this month. Type in 1640 PWPR to hear us and so many other great shows. And with that being said, take it away, Kenny boy. Uh, you know, it's funny, man, because you talk about it, it, it. I feel like lately, the past few years, like WrestleMania, quote unquote, season, it just starts like earlier and earlier. It's going to get to a point now. We're just going to we're going to be speculating on you know the next year's card, like as as the the as WrestleMania will be ending, and we'll be like, oh, so what are they going to do next year? Um, it's amazing the names that they're throwing around. Um, you know, it's not like matches almost that you'd. You never thought you'd see, or maybe you never thought you'd see again. In the case of like maybe Rock and Brock, uh, but it's interesting the names being bantied about, you know. And it's it's funny, man. I mean, it's like you know you, you hear the stories, Dave, and like I said, you know we're both kind of Hogan marks, and uh, uh, you know the Mark in me uh, would love to see Hogan in the ring one more time at WrestleMania, at uh, you know perhaps the biggest WrestleMania ever. Um, you know, something that you'd, you'd never thought you'd see again, and to see him back uh, for a match one last time, uh, that's, you know, again, the mark in me gets gets pretty excited about that. The uh, realist in me um, is just, uh, I, you know, I, I just don't want to, I don't know, I, I just don't want to sit there watching the match feeling sorry for Hulk Hogan, you know, and, and, and just really not being able to, to do much of anything in the ring. So, uh, 
Uh, you know, it, it's it's weird, man. Like these names are thrown around for next year, but uh, you know, I'm curious. Like, as you know, we're both marks. Uh, when you when you're giving that story, when you're reading, uh, when you're reporting that uh, the rumors are swirling, Hogan in the ring one last time at WrestleMania. I mean, what goes through your head? Not in a singles match, that's for sure. Um, I'd much rather see in a tag team match. He could still do his signature stuff. Because really, let's face it, people. When they see Hulk Hogan, when they pay money to see Hulk Hogan, when they know Hulk Hogan's going to be on the show, all they care about is that he cups his ear, he poses, he rips the shirt off, and, and says, brother. That's, that's all they really care about. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants That's true. Let's face it. I'm, I love Hogan. He's the guy that I grew up on watching. But I don't want to see him get hurt and potentially make for a bad wrestling moment and, and, and potentially never see the guy walk again. I mean, I don't know. I'd much rather see it in a tag match, to be honest with you, where he can have limited time. He can come in, throw a couple of punches, maybe throw a guy over the top rope, maybe do the big boot but not the leg drop. Um, you know, a couple scenarios I've thought of in my mind, if he were to come back, is with the the um, the popularity, or should I say the, um, the, the, the positive uh, feedback that came from uh, his appearance with the NWO, and in the Triple H Sting match at this past year's WrestleMania, if they did NWO versus CX um, in, in a short little nostalgic kind of match, and he can get his spots in there. I mean, Billy Gunn can still work. X-Pac can still work. Nash can still work. Hall can come in and do his signature spots. I mean, you can kind of work around it. Yeah, well, it, it won't be the greatest match in the world, but from a nostalgia standpoint, it'd be pretty cool. Or if you did him and John Cena in a tag match against, just for argument's sake, the Wyatt family. You know, if they were to bring the Wyatt family back, and you did Cena and Hogan versus the Wyatts. And, you know, Cena's publicly stated, like, Hogan's the guy he grew up on. Hogan's the guy he he got into the business, you know, to want, wanting to be like. That inspired him. So it would make for a good story if the two of them tagged up. But in a singles match by himself, no way. I don't want to see it happen. Not the the right storyline couldn't do it justice because the final product wouldn't live up to the build up towards it. In my opinion, it's just, it's really going to be an interesting year to see you know how this this develops over the year. Um, you know, just I mean every year you know WrestleMania we all know it's it's the, the crown jewel of the pay per view year. Um, but this one especially because of where it's at and the idea they want to make it the biggest ever. Um, it's going to be a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors, a lot of crap that's just not true, um, and a lot of fantasy booking going on uh, over the course of the year. It should be interesting to see what that card winds up being uh, when it's all said and done. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Look, we talked WWE programming, the new shows, Tough Enough, Swerved. Uh, we're going to get into TNA and, and uh, Jared and, and Global Force and all that good stuff going on over there. But we're going to go out to the phones right now. Whatever you guys want to talk about. You want to talk TNA and Global Force, by all means. You want to talk about WWE programming, cool. Just bring it. Just bring it. Let's go out there because we got Anthony on the line. Anthony, are you there? I'm here. What's up, guys? Not much. How are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing wonderful. I have a I have a couple of things I want to get into, um, and uh, I'm I'm totally on board with you guys with tough enough. Uh, not to be overly negative, but I thought it was absolutely awful. It was a snooze fest. I was bored. I bored the tears. Um, I'll give it another chance 
maybe watch another episode or two, but if nothing piques my interest, I will probably, uh, you know, Kenny brought up a great point. There's only so many hours in a day. There's only so many hours of freedom we have because we all have jobs. So um, I'm not going to spend it bored out of my mind. But I I, uh, I try not to be overly negative, so I'll give it another shot. But actually, um, I have a question for Dave. And I got to bring this up because I come on your show all the time after I go to these shows, and I always scream about how great they are. And I was lucky enough to have a uh, a VIP guest with me this Saturday at the NEW Bethany show, who was your co-host, Dave. And I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts about the show, uh, you know, briefly, whatever, uh, and if uh, it lived up to what I've been screaming about all these months. Well... I will go on record as saying, you know, yes, I was, a, first of all, thank you for inviting me, uh, you know, to, to this event, uh, Northeast Wrestling at the Bethany Town Hall in Bethany, Connecticut. It's a small little venue. It only seats about, like, 400 people. For some of you out there who aren't familiar with it, um, they run monthly. And uh, I'll, I'll admit, it did live up to, to, to the hype that you brought in terms of the match quality. All the guys went balls out. They busted their ass. Um, I had a great time. I really did. You know, thank you for you know in- including me and having me a part of it. It felt like to me, like a mini NXT. It was a small, condensed atmosphere. There, there was there was a crowd chance for just about every guy for every match. The, the chance were creative. Um, everybody was just about into every match. Uh, there wasn't a bad match on the card. People weren't bored. Um, the signs were pretty creative, well thought out. Um, and just everyone just seemed to have a good time, you know. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't an indie show. Like, I've been to indie shows before where if a guy screws up a spot or it, 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 it's not up to fan standards, they'll, you know, chant you effed up or whatever. It wasn't anything like that. It seemed like the, 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 the fans were really into it and into the storylines and, um, you know, the local talent, and the, you know, it, at Northeast Wrestling and their, you know, the Bethany shows. They they really brought it. Like I said, it just felt like a mini NXT to me, and it was really cool. It was it was fun to be a part of, and you know I would definitely go back again. It was a great time. Oh, absolutely, and I'm 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 100% glad you came because you know I've been I'm trying to get you there, and I'm glad you came because I knew uh, you'd love it. And uh, Ken, open invitation for you, and Michelle. I definitely want you guys to come too. You know, maybe we could put something together. We could all go together. That'd be awesome because. It's just, uh, I don't know, I, sometimes it's hard to put into words for me because what what Dave saw this weekend, uh, it's, it's every show. And, uh, I, and I have to be honest, uh, i got to give a big thank you to Michael Lombardi, the promoter, because he takes very good care of me. Um, he blocked off about 18 seats for... My my group of people that I had there, so I get uh, I get VIP treatment, which I'm very thankful for. But uh, you know, again, you guys have open invitation anytime you want to come because it is it, it's absolutely a good time, and it's like like Dave said, there's really not much negativity in the crowd, which is rare for indie shows. It's rare for any wrestling show, and everybody just gets into it, and it's just a quality time had by all. So. And I have to throw a, another major pop out to Matt Taven, who anybody who's heard me knows is my favorite wrestler in the world. 
uh, he, he and uh, Donovan Dijak, who's making a name for herself in Ring of Honor as well, uh, you know, they brought it, had an amazing match. You know, Taven went through a table about as hard as I've ever seen anybody go through a table before. Uh, blood on his back, the whole thing. You know, took an absolute beating. Took Dijak's finisher. You know, we thought he was dead in the ring at one point. But um, actually wrestled at the Beyond show, which I wasn't at last night, unfortunately. But uh, how he wrestled after that match is beyond me. And Dave, I'm sure you agree with me on that one. I actually spoke to somebody yesterday who didn't think he was going to wrestle after what he went through the night before, but he did. True pro, just a great, phenomenal athlete. But I want to get into something um, that I saw today that was absolutely uh, just really bothered me, and it has to do with TNA. And, you know, I, I understand in this Twitter world we live in, you know, guys get emotional and they put things out there. We see it all the time with uh, pro athletes, you know, guys in the NFL and Major League Baseball and basketball and the whole thing. But Eric Young, and I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but what he tweeted, last, you know, after the show, and I understand, you know, guys, fans get on Twitter and they they get on you and they talk shit, and Twitter's just a big shit-talking, um, you know, social network. And I, you know, I'm lukewarm on Twitter myself. I go on sometimes. Sometimes it's overbearing. And I see what people post to public figures. And I can understand how public figures will take offense and want to lash out. Anybody as a human being would want to. But if you're Eric Young and you're working for TNA and you just have what's supposed to be your top pay-per-view of the year, um, Multiple reports say it may be their last pay-per-view ever. I mean, listen, we all see these wrestling reports, and most of it turns out to be BS. So you, you never know. Uh, you know, could they have a deal with Global Force? We'll see. Uh, there's a lot going on there. But if you're Eric Young, you, you've got to use better judgment than to, to tweet out what he tweeted, uh, using the F word and insulting fans. Because... Were there probably some fans that didn't even see the show that were talking shit? I'm sure. But there probably was a lot who did. And TNA is asking people to show out 50 bucks for a pay-per-view. That you're putting out a product that a lot of people don't even like at this point. It's a $50 pay-per-view. You're not doing many of them. On top of that, you film your next month of programming before the pay-per-view even happens. So spoilers get out there. People know who's the champion. They know who's this. You've got to use better judgment than the Rip fans in the way he did it. If people didn't like it, they spent their hard-earned money watching that pay-per-view. You know, I didn't – I honestly – I thought about getting it um, – I have ulterior motives for things I have going on in my future, so I thought about getting it just to see what was going on. And then, I was, you know, when you think about money, I go to all these indie shows. I, I get ROH pay-per-views. You know, I was just like, you know what? I am not spending $50 on a TNA pay-per-view. They have to show me more. And I haven't watched it in a while, but I'm going to give it another shot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it on Destination. I, I'll see how it goes. You know, maybe they have something with Global Force. Honestly, the thing with Global Force and Jared being back involved is intriguing to me. Um, 
I was against a talent share thing with Ring of Honor, but there's so much crossover with Global Force. Um, maybe it's inevitable at this point. So it, it's I'm all, I, I'm almost going the other way with it now. Now I'm kind of intrigued, so I'll watch TNA. But again, if you're Eric Young, you cannot tell fans to f off or whatever. You can't. You just can't do it. It's yeah. I mean, I agree. I, mean, I, I, I got to agree with you. I, I mean, I, I thought. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that's it's weird, and especially like I find it interesting, uh, especially people who are a little bit older, um, you know, not to grow up. I mean, just grow up. You know, it, it's not. And we've all been there. We've all probably posted stuff on social media that you know maybe we weren't too proud of. Um, but you know, when you like you're saying, I mean, you, you need to bring as many fans and as many eyeballs to your product as possible. Um, to me. And this goes, like, across the board, really. Um, you know, if you had a good pay-per-view, be happy that it was a good show, and tweet out something positive. Tweet out congratulations to all of us on the TNA roster, kick-ass pay-per-view. Thank you for all the fans who did tune in. Um, the, the fact that, like, that's what you would jump to, um, you know, and I, and I, I, I got no problem with, with uh, Young. I'm not going to, like, rag on him. It was a classless move, though. Um, and I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying tweeting that, though, was, you know, comes off as classless, comes off as crass and rude. And to me, like, especially in the wrestling world, when 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 you're trying to do something, like, when someone, when there are people being negative, and, and we all know this, that, like, in the wrestling world, if you're criticizing something and, and, and you know, the, the talent or whatever gets mad at you, gets pissed at you, acknowledges you, that just encourages it. And to me, like, you know, a lot in this world when it comes to negative energy and, and, and negativity in general, you know, you're just as soon to ignore it. And, and you know, it'll go away if you're putting out a good product. Um, the minute you, you decide that you're going to say F off to those fans, not only is it rude and irresponsible, but you're also giving their criticism credibility. You're, you're acknowledging the negativity. You're acknowledging that... What they said was important enough to you. I would just as soon ignore it just to show the critics that what you say doesn't even matter to me. It doesn't, doesn't bother me at all, and just keep it positive. So I agree with you. I, I did see the tweet. Um, it was pulled down, uh, but not a good move by Eric Young. And I'm willing to accept the fact that it was, it was an error in judgment and a mistake, and we've all made those mistakes. But, uh, yeah, not... Not a great move by Eric Young. What did you think, Dave? Did you see the tweet? I did see the tweet, and, uh, you know, I can understand maybe his frustration as a performer because fans overwhelmingly have been so critical of a product that he's a part of, that he works hard for to, 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 to make a good product or attempt to make out of a good wrestling show. So maybe it was just frustration that he's just kind of had enough of hearing the criticism. Um, but, you know, one thing that it also does, too, you made, you, you made all great points about, you know, what that tweet did. But it also, um, he's representing TNA, a company, a wrestling company, uh, you know, and, and he's someone who is on television. And, and that just portrays a bad image for himself as well as the company that he's representing. So um, I'm sure that, you know, like I said, it was it was something that was done out of frustration and uh, because you know he's been a part of a, of an organization that's been you know uh, right in front of the, the the firing squad for the better part of a couple of years. 
Anthony, great stuff as always. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Well, we're definitely going to have to make it happen. We're going to get up to Connecticut and uh, go see an NEW show. But good stuff tonight, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Yeah, definitely. Let's do it up. And uh, thanks for having me on, and I'll speak to you soon. Take it easy, brother. Let's Take care. stick with the phones. We got Rocky is on the line. Rocky, are you there? What's going on, Ken? Not much. How are you doing today? I have recovered fully. <laughs> yeah, we, I, we we hung out last night, uh, myself and Rocky, amongst others, and uh, highly in, 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 engrossed in this karaoke contest in which you get votes uh, for ordering food and drink. And uh, yeah, we made a big push for lots of votes last night. So. As Dusty would say, we enjoyed many, many libations. <laughs> Good time was had by all. Anyway, what do you got for us tonight in the world of pro wrestling? Absolutely. A, a couple of points I want to make, and uh, especially about the new shows, uh, like you said, Swerved and Tough Enough. Uh, I definitely mirror your opinion. Swerved, I thought, was hilarious, uh, seeing uh, seeing the talent in a, in a different way. And I also, to take your point to, to the next step, one thing that, you know, it may not be it may not be reality, but one thing I would like to see is we have consistently complained about the product and about the the writing. Like where are these writers getting their ideas? Where are they going with this? And going along your line of thinking, Ken, I think that in seeing how these how the wrestlers react to different situations, and maybe this can jumpstart some some creative juices flowing for creative, so they can come up with some better storylines. You know, it, it's it's an angle. Uh, well, whether that will happen, well, you know, we will see. As far as uh, as far as tough enough, I uh, full disclosure, I actually did not see a lot of it. I saw like the first five minutes, and I switched off. But uh, if you re- if you remember when you when the original Tough Enough came out, there was actually also the other very widely popular at the time, uh, The Ultimate Fighter, and it seemed to follow more that format, and it kind of worked better. And as you said, with this with this Tough Enough following like a, 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 a an American Idol format, you know, look, th- th- this is a wrestling show. This is a this is a physicality. This. While while showmanship is definitely a part of it, I can't argue that. But I definitely agree that that format is not working. Yeah, I mean it's just weird because I, I, you know, again, like the the I said it before, the pro wrestling business uh, is fascinating. It really is just fascinating. I mean, I've gone to training sessions to see like a little bit of what happens behind the scenes, and you know, I, I've done a little bit. But even just just being at, at a at a session and watching, I, I found I find fascinating, uh, you know, to listen to a trainer who really knows what they're doing and and talk through, um, you know, how you're supposed to sell and and how you know how a move should look and what makes sense doesn't make sense. Watching people work on their chemistry in ring and, and it, I, I I just think it's it's such a unique business that. that to to feel the need to add all these bells and whistles, to me is is just absolute nonsense. It just doesn't make any sense to me that the, the story in and of itself, you know, 
it, it, it's entertaining. It's, it's entertaining to watch people go through the process of becoming a, a, a pro wrestler. I mean, even, you know, one of my favorite clips was uh, years ago on Tough Enough when um, Triple H was, was in the ring just teaching, throwing, and selling punches. And I remember that. One of the guys, like he, Triple H hit him, and uh, there was one guy, and he, he hit him, he's like, did you feel that? He's like, no, no, no. He's like, yeah, and he did it again. And then he was like, nice job, nice job, that was a good sell. Then he brought up another guy, and he threw a punch at him, and the guy, you know, half ass folded it. And Triple H said, if you ever go like from the ring, I'd tag you for real. Just like, you know, that's real. That's, that's real. That's the real wrestling business. That's what goes on. That's, you know, the, the dynamic between a veteran and and You don't sit down. You're going to get worse. You know, you're probably going to get worse pretty stiff. And there's no other business like it in the world. I, I Again, I just don't, like, we've seen American Idol. We've seen that. We've seen that format to death. Why? And I agree with you. The Ultimate Fighter, you know, that that probably was a better format. The last Tough Enough was a better format. I, I, I just, I, I, I don't get it. I really just, I don't get why they felt the need to, to just add all this extra stuff. When the story in and of itself, to me, makes for fascinating television. No, I, I perfectly agree. And, uh, one other, talking about interesting aspects of the business, the, the one other point that I wanted to make, I don't know if you guys caught the uh, the Jericho's podcast when he uh, talked to the Big Show, but apparently it was re- it was reported that Big Show copped to the uh, the Brock Superplex as being a total total work, and you know it's we, and we've talked about this before, Ken. It's just this death of kayfabe. You know, I, I to me it really it really hurts, and I you know of course we were talking about a match what eight years ago, and it, it's long gone and it's past and sure you want you want to count to it okay but I think it's and and tell me what you think because back in the day wrestlers held on to kayfabe so religiously. And it just made the product better, in my opinion. And I realize that in this in this information age that bits are going to come out and things are going to leak. Sure, I can accept that. But when you have your guys just openly admitting, oh, yeah, yeah, that was total, totally fake. You know, it to me, it kind of takes away from the product. You know, give me that suspension of, of belief for a bit. What do you think? I, I, I agree with you. It's one of those things where... You know, deep down in my heart of hearts, yeah, no, I, I probably knew or, you know, that was probably all planned. But I kind of wanted to believe that the ring really did collapse, that it really that that really happened. And and you're right, like you know, there's a little of the illusion left. Uh, you know, I, I, it just seems unnecessary, really, to to say yeah, that was totally staged too. Um, I agree with you. I, I, I'd like to see a little bit more of, of the kayfabe. Uh, I know it's a different era, and, and you know, maybe it's just you know, it's the old an era that is long gone. Um, but yeah, I, I miss that. I miss uh, you know having a, a sense of real. 
in the sense of you know not being scripted. You know, even even times like during the Attitude Era where I was older and you know knew that everything was scripted, there were still those those moments um, watching. Uh, you know, certain matches or certain guys interact with each other and just thinking, yeah, I, I don't know, they, they they really like each other or, you know, that that, that looks like it may, it, it may have been real. You know, it's like, there was still kind of blurred the lines and, and now it's like they got, they got no problem just pulling the curtain away and just letting you see everything. And, and I agree with you, for, for uh, me as, as an older fan, um, it does take away uh, a, a little bit of it. What is your thoughts, Dave? I mean, I'm not. I I understand where you guys are coming from. Um, I'm not totally upset that he revealed that the the ring, you know, the spot with Brock with the superplex was worked because, uh, I mean, even even back in 2003 when the match happened, I thought it was a worked spot because um, I don't know. It just the way it just came across, the way it looked. They replayed it 12 times over after it happened. I mean, if it was it, to me, if it was real, if the ring wasn't supposed to collapse, they wouldn't have replayed it so many times and gone and 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 and, and gone like that. And that was a taped show too. You know what I mean? Like that show was taped, so and, and to air at a later date, they they left it that way. To me, that, that it was planned that way. But I'm not overly upset that it, that that they revealed some of that stuff. I don't mind some of the backstage stuff that they reveal in interviews and these podcasts, but I do agree to a certain extent that um, when it comes to, like, current storylines, sometimes you'll see guys, you'll, I mean, with, with the way information is on social media and the Internet and everything else, you'll see guys riding together in, the, in each other's cars that are feuding on TV with each other. I think little things like that they could work on. Uh, but at the same time, some of the other stuff that the backstage stuff reveal, um, it's it's fascinating to to, to hear the the, the goings on sometimes. So I'm kind of fifty fifty with it. Um, but I think because today's day and age and how you can get information at the drop of a hat, it it, it doesn't surprise me one bit that they've kind of changed with the times and like you said, pulled the curtain back so that virtually everything is known. Well, there you have it, man. I mean, I mean, kayfabe. We do a whole show on on kayfabe and and the quote unquote death of kayfabe. But uh, good stuff, Robbie. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Uh, look forward to hearing from you again next week. Take it easy, man. You do, man. Yeah, good stuff from Rocky. I like you know it's like thought provoking kind kind of stuff. And uh, you know, and it's funny because with the kayfabe stuff, like I, I talk out of both sides of my mouth. I mean, I, I play both sides of it because I. I love seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff, but at the same time, like you know, when I start thinking of kayfabe, it kind of, you know, I miss those days. But um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Like you brought up a really good point. I mean, it, the, the traveling together would just be one of those like subtle things that would, uh, you know, help preserve some of the illusion at times. Um, I don't know. It remains to be seen. We're in the era of sports entertainment, and uh, kayfabe is is pretty difficult uh but you know things that that are are for real and uh you know are not scripted and are you know totally like it just seems to be happening one after the other the injury bug holy cow uh it seems like almost on a daily basis we're uh we're hearing about uh wrestlers going down for for chunks of time um last week you know we got Brock Lesnar man i it's I, you know and this is 
it's funny with Brock, because Brock's the guy, like, you know, talk about kayfabe and the death of kayfabe. Like, one of the things that Brock brings to the table is, and we've talked about he brings a big fight feel, but he's so big, scary, and, and strong that y- you do wonder at times if certain things were supposed to happen, if things uh, were supposed to go down that way, you know. And uh, uh, case in point, last week, man, you know, we're watching Raw and we're at the end, and, uh, you know, the whole melee is going on, and, and I, I, I turned to Michelle, and I'm like, we haven't seen Jamie Noble in a while. Why He hasn't gotten back into the ring. It looked like he hit that uh, – guardrail or the partition there pretty hard and and sure enough three broken ribs at the hands of Brock Lesnar I had to tell you Dave scripted or not uh no matter how many years I may have in the business no matter how many things how much training I would have I gotta say man I would be absolutely scared to death to, to, to get any sort of quote scripted physical altering with He's he he he's physical, man. He he doesn't, you know. It's he's he's an athlete first and foremost, and it's kind of hard to pull back some of your athletic ability and your strength. And uh, you know, we've seen it before with uh, MMA fighters that have uh, you know been on 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 wrestling or even like you know Floyd Mayweather. The story about Floyd and how when he had the match with Big Show. And the the, the build-up to it, the first confrontation, um, Big Show told him, you know, we got to do something big, break my nose. And, uh, you know, punch me once in the nose, break my nose, so we can really get some juice on this on the storyline. And, you know, hit me like two or three times. And Floyd hit him like five or six times, and Big Show didn't realize it until he went back and looked at the replay because Floyd was so fast when he hit him that, uh, you know, he... And he's a professional boxer. He does that for a living. So he can't, like, hold back when he punches because he's been taught as a fighter to, you know, give your all when you throw a punch. So I think Brock is in that same category where, like, when he, you know, he's a former collegiate wrestler, NCAA champion, uh, former mixed martial artist. When you take a guy down, you take him down, plain and simple. And, you know, Brock definitely has that advantage over, you know, little five-foot-one you know, 200-pound Jamie Noble, and he, took, you know, he picked him up like a feather and, you know, threw him down like a sack of potatoes. And, uh, you know, Brock, yeah, it's, when it comes to getting in there with him, like, you pack a lunch. You're, 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 you're walking out of that bruised and, and, and battered and beaten, you know, whether he means to or not. But it, it enhances the realistic aspects of, of the in-ring product when he's in there because he is so physical. Yeah, and again, it's interesting, like, coming off of Rocky's call, I mean, that's, like, when Lesnar's in there, that's kind of, like, probably the one aspect of, of pro wrestling, especially in the WWE, that, like, the line is kind of blurred because, you know, a lot of times when someone goes down and and they, they appear to be nursing an injury or they're, they're writhing in pain, so that's a lot of times when you're in the ring with Lesnar, that's probably for real. I mean, he's a big strong, scary individual, and again, brings that big fight feel uh, to the WWE. So, um, you know, all the best to Jamie Noble, but it, it, it's been interesting, Dave. You know, it, it's interesting with, with stuff in, in, in the world of pro wrestling, and, uh, 
you know, a lot of injuries coming down the pike uh, as of late. Uh, Eric Rowan, uh, you know, going down now, um, let's say it was a couple months, uh, perhaps. I heard, yeah, I heard that? something like, at, at, first, at first the prognosis was he'll be back in like a week or, you know, like, I'm sorry, a month. Now he's saying like four to six months he could be out. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy, and you know one of the things that that it it brought to light again, and then I we discussed this briefly a while ago, um, but you know the the aspect of you know when the injury bug hits like this, and it happens, and it seems like a lot of times the WWE uh, you know comes in waves where all of a sudden like people are going down left and right, and, and it should be interesting to see you know if, if this opens up spots for uh, some other people uh, how the WWE. Uh, reacts to these injuries uh do we see some uh you know nxt promotions uh happening sooner rather than later um it's an interesting time but i I always look back on you know when when jim ross on his uh podcast when he brought up once where they, they, they were talking about uh blood in pro wrestling and uh he said you know that he would love to see wrestling bring it back and and especially the wwe to bring that back um, and not so much because of, of you know, being bloodthirsty and, uh, you know, wanting people and not wanting to see like buckets. But, you know, he said that the one thing that, that added a lot of drama uh, that would, would snap a crowd into focus, that would really add a, um, a gravity and an importance to a conflict, to a match, um, was a little bit of blood, a little cut on the forehead. And, uh, you know, away you go. The drama has, has increased tenfold. And, um you know, his point was that the landscape of pro wrestling now, uh, because that you you're not you can't use the blood to increase the drama, you need to have these crazy spots, this increased physicality, um, you know, much more dangerous, uh, crazy aerobatic moves that loan themselves to uh, an increased number of injuries. And and I found that to be such a fascinating point that I never. You know, I, I miss the blood because of the storytelling aspect. I never looked at it as far as uh, a, a certain level of safety uh, for the performers. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, like, you know, some of these crazy spots you see these wrestlers pull off on, on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, a little cut on the forehead, <laughs> you know, it, a lot less of a risk of injury doing that um, than having to do some of the spots that, that, that guys are doing uh you know, night in and night out. So I, I found it to be a very intriguing point. Um, but I guess, you know, Dave, it, it comes in waves. We wish everyone who's, who's gone down with an injury, um, you know, all the best. Uh, you know, lots of we're hearing, uh, you know, all the reports we're hearing out of, uh, you know, behind the scenes as far as Daniel Bryan, uh, nothing positive on the injury front with him. But, um, you know, I'm curious, Dave, your thoughts on, on spots in wrestling, uh, the the, the uh, likelihood of, of injury because of these spots and, and what JR had said as far as uh, blood and how that could facilitate a storyline and it would be safer in the long run for a lot of uh, pro wrestlers. I couldn't agree with JR more in terms of um, the uh, you know the, the use of blood over some of the uh, you know the, the more riskier high spots in, in, in professional wrestling professional wrestling overall. Um, I think what JR's point is in regards to that, is the blood being used to facilitate storylines in, in certain storylines, making it making it special? Because if you see blood so often on 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 TV, it doesn't it it loses its luster. 
in my opinion. You know, the, the, the aspect of using blood to facilitate a storyline. You know, everybody gets cut open. Everyone gets busted open. You know what I mean? Like, I, it wouldn't, to me, it, it would lose its value. So, it, 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 if you saw blood, like, every few months in, like, one particular storyline where, you know, like, for instance, case in point, and I think we even talked about this a few years ago. When they hyped up Triple H's return a few years ago, when he was going to wrestle Brock at that WrestleMania, but they had that, when they had that stupid, god-awful career-ending stipulation, and they had to somehow shoehorn Shawn Michaels into the match for no reason, even though he had nothing to do with it to begin with, and Hunter came back, and he went, and he beat the tar out of Brock Lesnar, and then Lesnar bled. And we were, we all thought that was, like, the coolest thing. First of all, because we hadn't seen blood like that on TV in a while. But second of all, it also made that boring storyline relevant again. And I think in certain storylines that, that that could help, that that could help and that could work. Unlike what we saw growing up, or not growing up, but, like, back in the day in the Attitude Era, everybody's left. And to me, like, looking back on it now, someone who's older and a little bit more wiser when it comes to watching this stuff, sometimes they just use blood for the sake of blood. And I think that's what JR is trying to say, is that you don't want to use blood for the sake of blood now to help facilitate a storyline. You want it to mean something so that you don't have to use so many of these high spots that guys are using now and getting hurt. I mean, Daniel Bryan, the holy cow, like, you know, this poor guy can't catch a break at all. I mean, now it's... Now, from what I'm hearing, they're saying that, you know, he's uh, he, he's right he's right in line for uh, you know, uh, you know the same the same aspect as uh, you know concussion aspect as Bret Hart, and that's how Bret Hart got you know re- how he retired. Excuse me, I'm stumbling over my own words here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's it's a really tough situation with 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 some of these guys, and I mean, there's politics involved everywhere, whether it's because. PG, and they got kids sponsors that they have to adhere to, and that's why they don't go with the blood. I mean, there's all different kinds of reasons to why, you know, they do and don't do certain things. Um, but I think, too, also, like, giving these guys time to heal as opposed to rushing them back early from injury could also avoid some of these injuries, too. I mean, these guys are on the go all the time. So, you know, Tyson Kidd's injury was a freak accident in my opinion, from what I've been hearing and from what I saw with that move, the muscle buster from Samoa Joe, that was a freak accident. Um, but other guys, they just get they get so tired and so burnt out from being on the road and working and doing so much that sometimes they're just bound to get hurt. But sometimes it's also because of a crazy high spot. So regardless of the fact, pro, pro wrestling produces injuries. It just depends on the severity of the injury. But I do agree with JR. Putting some blood in some of these storylines could help the, 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 the injury bug that's been taking place. Yeah, it's just, and I agree with you. Like, some of it, you know, it got to a point at times with blood that it just got ridiculous. And, uh, you know, I mean, I remember one time, this is actually in TNA, where, um, you know, Flair was blading on his walk down to the ring. You know, I mean, Flair was just like, you know, I, I, you know, they introduced my name. I should be bleeding now. Um you know, it was just kind of, it got ridiculous at times with him, um, and it got ridiculous at times in general. Uh, I, I think, you know, something like a little bit of blood can, can really go, I mean, even a little bit this year we saw at WrestleMania um, in the main event just added uh, gravity and, and intensity to that matchup. And, 
you know, who knows? Who knows if we'll ever see, uh, you know, I do think that, you know, if done in the right spots, uh, you know, later on, on a pay-per-view, in a blow-off match, uh, but it, it, it's interesting, you know, when you look, when you start running down the list, I mean, you know, Kid, uh, Rowan, Daniel Bryan, Uso, Jamie Noble, Zane, Sami Zayn, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's every day you're hearing someone else going down for a chunk of time. And um, it should be interesting to see, you know, if that opens up uh, some spots uh, for some other people as we get set for Monday Night Raw. And right now on the network on their pre-show, which is almost as good as this pre-show, um, they have Dolph Ziggler is, is on the phone right now. And they, they had a graphic up before it. And this is something, you know, as we get set for Monday Night Raw, um, you know, I, I'm curious your thoughts. I mean, Ziggler looks like he's, he's resigning, looks like he's going to be here for a while. Hopefully we get Ziggler involved in uh, uh, some some Class A storylines, uh, something you really sink his teeth into. Like I had said, in watching Swerved, um, it was the first time that I saw Ziggler in, in the, the, the vein of, of perhaps being a WWE ambassador, a guy who maybe could be the face of the company or at least a, 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 the face of the company for a, a chunk of time. I could see him. He, he's, uh, you know charismatic in a, in a real way, not in a you know, wrestling promo sort of way, but he's also charismatic on TV. Um, but right now, Dave, i got to say, you know, they, they threw up this graphic, Dolph and Lana go public tonight on Monday Night Raw. I don't know what that means. Um, they've been seen in public uh, making out. I, I don't know necessarily what going public is, is supposed to be, and, and I can't say going into Monday Night Raw that gets me all a flutter and excited. Oh, good, good. Can't wait to turn on USA because Dolph and Lana are going public. So I have no idea what that means, but this is kind of a, oh, an odd, disjointed pairing right now that I, I don't know where, what direction they're going in, uh, aside from having uh, two good-looking individuals and, and throwing them together and trying to create a, a super couple, but it just... I don't know, just this, this whole thing with Lana, it, it just seems like pounding a square peg in a round hole. We'll see if the storyline evolves, but, you know, going public, I, I, I don't get it. And uh, this, it, it's just been odd for me, Dave. For someone as smart as you are, for someone who is as is, is, is hip to pop culture and what goes on in today's world as you are, you don't know what, what, what you know, coming out in public is. They're going to be Facebook official. I mean, they're going to be Facebook official. So they're going to to come down to the ring with their their cell phones, and they're going to change their status to, like, uh, in a relationship with. Yeah, instead of it's complicated or dating a phony (laughs) Russian, it's it's going to be, yeah, it's going going to be official. Um, (laughs) But... I, I'm oh, yeah, I'm, I, I know, right? <laughs> this segment better be good if this is what they're going to do. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing that this we might see a change in look from Lana. Uh, we talked about it on last week's show. Um, you're right. The, the pairing is a little disjointed. I don't think they have an idea where they want to go with it. Um, I, I think they're just kind of testing this out to see how it goes, but you know, we saw last week on Raw and even on SmackDown, Ziggler, you know, 
little subtlety, like pulls her hair out of the bun to kind of like let her hair flow a little bit more, changes, you know, the starting the beginning stages of changing her look. How ironic that we talked about that on last week's show, and then all of a sudden it was written on Raw that he was going to pull her hair out of the bun so that she could let her, you know, bleach blonde locks just flow through the air in the arena. Um, that, yeah, Stanford, I know you're listening again. Um, anyhow, um, that's where I think that's going to go, and I'm sure Rusev will get involved. But I don't know any timetable on when Rusev's coming back. How long is this poor bastard going to be on crutches crying his eyes out every week <laughs> that his old lady's with some other guy without having a match? He's got a broken foot, and then they then they try to bring Summer Rae involved into it. I mean, it just seems it, it just seems forced. I mean, I'm expecting that at some point Ziggler and Rusev will have a rivalry, but if we don't know when Rusev's going to come back, and I mean, I don't know. I'm just not into the whole, you know. It's it's okay. It can be a lot better though, but I'm not really into it right now. And I'm a huge Dolph Ziggler fan. Yeah, it's, you know, again, it's just it's odd. You know, and 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 you're. Right. I also noticed last week that it seemed like um, Lana was wearing less makeup, um, so her features looked a lot softer. Uh, you know, which might oh, be like, what? It was oh natural. Yeah. <laughs> Someone. Um, I can't believe we, this is the first time we're discussing like makeup on the show. Like, where is this show going? Anyway, um, it's just like yeah. It, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm almost hoping like that we. Uh, I popped on the Facebook thread, um, you know, that's Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy show. Um but during our raw thread last week, uh, you know, I popped a picture of um you know, back in the day and I'm trying to I think it was the Theater of Pain tour, Motley Crew, they had two hot bleach blonde backup singers that basically wore like leather from head to toe and I was like, That needs to be Lana's new look. As we said that that uh you know, Ziggler's kind of, uh, you know, his his look as of late was uh, kind of moving into almost, you know, that, that vest, uh, very 80s kind of uh, metal-looking guy. Like, you know, I'm I'm totally bored if they want to go in that direction, kind of an 80 metal chick and have uh, coming out like that together. Who knows? But it's definitely something that, they, you know, you hear all these plans about, you know, big plans for Lana and... You know, being in, in like you know her her uh, very business like attire and, and this this line of character is is limiting. Uh, so you feel like they're gonna have to uh, bring her out of her shell, so to speak, uh, to make this uh, character work. Uh, to look at her, uh, m- you know, moving forward and and perhaps doing more things uh, with the company. But uh, you know, it, it should be interesting to see exactly what happens tonight on Monday Night Raw. Uh, with this storyline, but uh, you know, David, it, it, it's been intriguing as of late that uh, there's a lot that's entertaining on, on the mid card. I'm into Ryback uh, with the IC title. Um, you know, I'm not saying that everything has been a home run, but uh, it, it's making at least the three hours uh, a little more palpable. I still think they should probably go back to um, tonight. We're going to get a tag team match between Ambrose and Reigns versus Rollins and Kane, and this is supposed to be a no DQ match. Um, so it, 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 there's stuff to be into as much as, uh, I, I think it's disjointed with Ziggler and Lana. I'm, I'm interested to see, uh, the next step in the evolution of, of this storyline. Obviously the John Cena, uh, U S open challenge. I'm into that. So, uh, 
there's a lot of positive going on right now as far as uh, Monday Night Raw, and, and I'm hoping we get a little bit more of that tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I was not a huge fan of putting, uh, you know, Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt together. But after the stuff that they've done where they've had Wyatt really get into the, you know, the, the creepy factor with, you know, kind of, you know, Taunton Reigns with the pictures of his daughter, and then he kind of had that, like, that shrine in the locker room last week of Reigns with his eyes cut out and the writing on the wall. Like, that's the kind of stuff that they needed to do with Wyatt for a long time. Like, the stuff that he did with Cena and this stuff, too, with Reigns. Like, they, I, to me, I'm, I'm totally on board with seeing this because I think it will help both characters. Um, but, yeah, I, there is more positive than there is negative when it comes to today's current product in WWE uh, right now. So, you know, a lot of people disagree with me here, but I, I truly believe that you're looking right now with when you see guys like Ambrose, Rollins, Reigns, Wyatt. Um, you know, I mean, the, the the list goes the list goes on and on with Rusev, Ziggler, you know, Ryback, all these different young guys in the spotlight, and people like Randy Orton, John Cena are kind of taking a backseat a little bit. Now you're seeing the, the the young talent shine, and it's it's pretty cool. I'm I'm I'm, I'm thoroughly intrigued with. Uh, with some of the storytelling that's been going on, I look forward to seeing where we head towards this, you know, battleground pay per view with um, with Rollins and with Lesnar because that's really they gave Lesnar the beating that they gave him last week. I'm kind of curious to see how they're they're going to have him bounce back from that. And, and to be honest, I kind of like that. I, I mean, it's obvious that they're moving in the direction, at least right now, of Lesnar being a face. Uh, you had to you had to go with. The way the crowd was going, and and I remember, like Ted DiBiase said it when when I you know met him a couple of years ago. He said you know the one thing, if you're a tough guy heel, eventually they're always going to have to turn your face because that's just cool and people like it. So I, I'm curious to see where the character of Lesnar goes now, uh, what the authority has in store, and uh, looking forward to a good raw. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for making us number one on 1640. We appreciate it. Get on the Facebook for the raw chat. For Dave, I am Ken. See you next week. Good night, everybody.